0: you may contribute a verse i'm josh munkin and this is the podcast you may contribute a verse which has a simple mandate to give voice to creators their struggles successes and the stories of their creation and now
1: why can't life be singing a song once in a while
0: why indeed, Joanna Davidovich, why indeed. I got a chance to catch up this time around with animator, artist, and parent Joanna Davidovich. You can lately find Joanna live streaming her animation commissions, personal projects, and requests on social channels when she's not balancing client work and two small kids. There's a cloud over everything we do right now. is a doozy. We couldn't have had a better timed opportunity to talk about the realities we're all facing as we navigate family and work dynamics and how the, both the pandemic and the natural progression of years have changed things for us. Joanna and I talk business too. She's been a working animator for well over a decade now and uses her public persona as a live streaming animator both to serve her inspiration, education, and entertainment to our audience and to give herself company while she works. Here's a good entry point to look up on YouTube if you're not familiar with Joanna's work. She put out into the world a classic-style short cartoon called Monkey Rag a number of years ago. We don't talk about it in great detail, but you ought to check it out. I choose to believe it's about the issues we create for ourselves getting the better of us despite our best intentions. Joanna's got a joyful soul, and it was a pleasure to be able to chat not so much about education and business and how she came up, but other types of creative work-life realities equally important to analyze. We start by talking childcare and family dynamics. Both those family patterns changed by COVID as well as just how things work when you're at home with two little ones. Balancing work from home hasn't been easy for any working parent household in the last four months. Our conversation reflects how real it is and how different for all families in terms of the resources available and the demand. Being placed on us can be. Many of us are in the middle of weighing sacrifices to sanity, safety, structure, and productivity just to make it work. Join me now as we go to Joanna Davidovich's verse.
1: I've been trying to not work for a couple years now, but circumstance has made it so I can't quite break myself um, from the work addiction, I suppose, or addiction to, you know, income. So, I needed, I really needed help for a while because at the time my husband was away for like 14 hours a day. And so I enlisted the help of a wonderful nanny and she's, she, she just, she saved my life. (laughs) I still remember like the first time I opened the door, she just like, looked at me and she's like, oh, honey, you need help. (laughs) Like I was just such a mess. And um, right now it's still, it, She still helps so much to just give me a few hours a day. What we have her for part of the week, it's uh, usually about 24 hours a week we have her help. And it's just nice to have even just a few hours a day where I can just focus and actually get work done. And the rest of the hours I make up at night, but that makes it a lot easier knowing that I have a little chunk of time to depend on. And... I'm sort of hopscotching around the timeline overall, um, but it's this. Basically, I, I'm not. I'm not um, too proud to say that I needed help.
0: No, nor should any parent be. I mean, especially in a situation like we are now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I it, mean,
0: how how has this being at home changed things for you guys? I'm presuming that your husband's not. Away for fourteen hours, unless he's no, not you know, anymore. In essential capacity.
1: That was the um, he works in um, on set. He's a visual effects supervisor, so he does stuff behind the box and on set. And production has stopped for months and months now, and there's not really a uh, there's not really a start back date that people can sort of hang their hat on. And because live action stopped, everyone is, uh, Hollywood is putting money towards animation. So my work picked up. So our our plans was that I would, he would, he would work and I would stay with the kids. And I was really happy about that because it's hard to be away from the kids, especially when they're so young. Uh, We had our oldest daughter in daycare for a while and it, it, it was really hard. And a lot of people say, "Oh, it's it's fine. You just have to get over it." But just every day, she's clinging to me and saying, "Mommy, mommy," and
0: that's uh, heartbreaking.
1: It it's it's heartbreaking. And there was one time, oh god, there's one time where you know I would sort of sort of linger in the hall for a second, and the uh, daycare school said not to do that to just leave as fast as you can but i I just sort of wanted to hear hear that she would stop crying and calm down and i I sort of peeped through the window at her and she just she at the time she was barely four four years old and i, I she saw like I I saw the sorry, it's hard for me to talk about it's not a major thing it's just the teacher said, you know, calm down. Everything's fine. Go wash your face. And I heard her have these shuddering breaths, like, <sighs> like that. And she just went into the bathroom and washed her face. And like some middle-aged ad executive from the 60s, she just sort of propped herself on the sink and looked down at the sink and then looked up at herself in the mirror and sighed. <laughs> and I, just, I could see it all from my um, – they have windows so you could see into the the classroom and everything, and I could still hear. And I just thought, oh, my God, <laughs> my child should not have this body language at four years old. <laughs>
0: She's madmening to get over my... <laughs> yeah, my she daughter. was just <laughs>
1: like, tamp down the feelings. Just get through the day until cocktail hour. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh,
0: gosh, what a bummer.
1: It, it, was, it was just... And I'm not saying like it's some big tragic thing. Everybody goes through this, but it was a sure. decision that I made that I wasn't going to do that again. And... And, you know, it's just hard when circumstances don't line up with your plans. So we had to make some adjustments uh, with me being the breadwinner of the family. And uh, also we had a lot of house repairs that needed to be done. So my husband focused on that and also um, getting his gear together because for a big part of his career is having his uh, kit always in, in like ready to go condition. And he's got so much gear. So he was working on his kit and working on on the house. And it was just even him taking care of the kids, what he, he needed just a few hours a day. And it was um, it was great that we already had uh, help that we could just call up and say, please come over, please help us, please save us. And so it worked out with her. We did a quarantine period for for a time. Uh, where she was quarantined and we were quarantined and then we just uh, sort of became quarantined together and sort of blended our households in that way. And it's worked out really well. So I have time to focus during the day. My husband has some time to focus during the day and the kids have like a new person to come play with us for a few hours, even though in the, <laughs> they're both still very mommy, 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 because um, they're both still really little and Mommy is very important when you're very little.
0: Oh my gosh, that never so. stops.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, they they just use me for everything. Like I'm just I'm not just mommy. I'm just like a utility. I'm a, I'm a seat. I'm I'm lunch. I'm just every everything, especially to the baby. She's just um, she, everything that she does. She grabs my hand and takes me by my finger and sets me down, and then she'll uh, you know do with puzzles. Like she wants. She wants me to be there, and it's also just um, having a little bit of time to have a bit of separation. Just trying to say, like you, I'm nearby. You're safe. Just try to do this on on your own, or at least without mommy being in your line of view. Uh, they, I think they call that a high needs child. Or it's not—it's not special needs. It's just a child that just really wants constant comfort, yeah. and it's not surprising uh, to me that I had high needs—a high needs baby—because I was a very anxious child myself. I remember when I was very little, just being worried all the time and just wanting to be near my mother and and my father, and just worried. Uh, I guess also uh, I read a lot of books about orphans, so I was constantly worried about my parents <laughs> dying. <laughs> But it was just weird. So much of children's literature is about orphans and it just gave me anxiety.
0: (laughs) Stories are easier to tell if you don't have to worry about parents in the picture, I suppose. I suppose because nothing bad would
1: happen. Yeah. Yeah, There would be no story happening to the kid if a parent was like, no, just wait a minute. Do not do this to my kid.
0: (laughs) Do you see anything change changing in the next couple of months?
1: Um, We're also moving. Um, So that's another project that's mostly falling onto my husband. Oh Go easy to. on yourselves. <laughs> well, it's just we don't really do what we want to do. Uh, nothing's ideal. It's just we're trying to do what we have to do, uh, in in order to do what's best for 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 the kids. And right now, the best thing to do is for us to get uh, a nice house with a yard and that's near some some parks and. You know, just because there's no place for us to go in the city. Everything's shut down and we can't leave the house. And I just, we just need to make a better, just sort of a better life for them.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, and for us, it's hard to be trapped in. Um, we don't have like a tiny house, but we've, we're definitely bursting at the seams and being, being in here. Um, in, in the quarantine has sort of made you just like, we can't, there's there's no room. I can't buy um, like a, a new shirt for my daughter because it won't fit in the closet. And I'm trying to save all the clothes for the next one. And I just need, I just need a place to put something. <laughs> I know that's not really a problem to have too many things, but it sort of gets in your head when you just feel like you don't have room to turn around.
0: Well, for sure. I mean, and that's yeah. th- that's double underlined by how close we are and how packed in we are to that space. I, I mean, we've we've got a nice suburban house. We started out quarantine Yeah. In a nice suburban house in a corner lot with a big yard, and we feel crammed in here, too. In oh,
1: I, I, I um, long for the suburbs. I, I'm here. I'm humbly telling you, like, I am a city girl, but I'm longing for the suburbs now.
0: <laughs> sacrifice for comfort's sake.
1: I know. And, and I've just, I've always... I've always loved space in in the house. Like I've always wanted to just be able to like put my outstretch my arms and not touch something, you know, just be able to twirl around with my arms outstretched. I know that's a weird image like Julie Andrews from Sound of Music, but it's just it's hard when you when you don't feel like you can do that.
0: <laughs> I, I have to out myself here and say that in prepping. Last night of today for a conversation. I mean, I've I've watched your cartoons and revisited some of your live streams. And every scenario that you're talking about, from The Mad Men to Sound of Music, now is like a little Betty Boop style classic cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe, that's spinning around, or your kid, or whatever.
1: well, that's that's my uh, my a, my fantasy is like I, I watch um, movie musicals and. Uh, Like this morning, I was doing some laundry and the kids were crazy and they'd like to jump in the laundry baskets while I'm trying to fold clothes. I'm like, "Ah, I have to put a screen on. So I played uh, Hans Christian Andersen as I'm a huge Danny Kaye fan. I just I'm he delights me infinitely. I I love him. And I I like uh, showing his movies to my kids, too, because they're just so colorful and charming and full of really, really great songs. And he's just the, like in that movie, if I don't, did you ever see that movie? No, I don't think so. It's a fairy tale based on the life of Hans Christian Andersen. There's like this big disclaimer when the movie starts, like, this is not based in reality or fact. We made up a fairy tale about a man who made up fairy tales.
0: Oh. And
1: uh, it's a, just a really sweet movie with a lot of great music. And in it, Danny Kaye plays Hans Christian Andersen, and he's just this amazing storyteller who sings and laughs with the children. And... And it's just so delightful. I'm like, well, why can't I sing and laugh with children? Why why do I always have to be shaking my finger at them, telling them that, you know, they're too messy, they're too loud? I just, sometimes I just want to sing a song with them and dance around and be goofy. And sometimes life when you put have too much pressure in your life and you just want your children to conform to the rules and you have to take a step back and are like well this this isn't good for them it isn't good for me so you have just why can't life be singing a song once in a while
0: <laughs> we have to pause once in a while and yeah. sing a song yeah from from my perspective one thing i've noted about kids cartoons is how perfect the parents always are I think about Daniel Tiger and how understanding and compassionate his parents are. They they must have no stress. I mean, they've got plenty of of yard to play in and uh, yeah. don't seem to have jobs that I can that I can tell. So they've they've re- reduced a lot of the stress <laughs> of their lives to yeah. get to that place.
1: And that's why I re- really liked uh, like bringing it back to children's literature. Growing up, I loved Beverly Cleary, and I read the Ramona books and thought, "Oh, I am Ramona. Ramona is me." and what i loved about the those stories is that even though the parents weren't the major characters you could tell there was always something going on in their lives that they were worried about that they were stressed about that was informing their behavior and it felt a lot like oh this is what i feel like when you know when you're a kid and you walk into the room and your parents are talking about something maybe you don't understand but it's definitely this heavy heaviness this air that a child picks up on, even if they don't understand, you know, all the particulars of income tax and job security and all of that. And I, I really, I can't stand that my child says these very adult things now about, um, I don't know, just like things that children shouldn't have to worry about. And I feel bad because I have not, I haven't made, uh, enough of a buffer between my own anxieties and and her little world. And that's that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to make childhood be fun and not put adult problems adult problems on 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 our kids.
0: Boy, is this a bad time to try and do that though.
1: Well, it's 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 never easy, I guess. But <laughs> it's never times, been harder time like right now. It's just uh, it's it's almost it's it's more important because you know when um, my uh, the oldest doesn't see any of her friends anymore, it's really hard to arrange play dates because everyone's you know giving two weeks between seeing anybody, and at a, I think everyone's just sort of given up trying to be social in any way. And she thinks nobody wants to see her, and it's it no matter what I do to try and explain that everyone's just trying to be safe. And then, uh, she says, is it the virus? And I'm like, well, well, yes, it's, it's people trying to be safe from the virus. And then she gets scared of the virus and gets anxious about that. And it's like, I, it's just such a tricky thing to navigate. Um, but that's, that's, what's foremost on my mind right now. Like my career at this, at this point is just about making enough money to sustain ourselves. Uh, because everything else, like all my personal projects and everything like that, has been put on hold. That my work is coming in and that is our family income. And and everything else that's occupying our time is about is about the kids and making a better life for our family and just making the best of the situation we're in.
0: It's interesting to hear to hear you talk about, and to be clear, I guess, just to level set, you're, you guys are in Atlanta, right? That's right. Yeah. To, um, just to set the stage because that, you know, a lot of Warner Brothers and, and Turner and all that sort of animation would be happening, or at least centered in, uh, in Atlanta, which would give you a lot of opportunity,
1: but. Oh, no, um, it doesn't. Not at all. They oh, Really? No, they look down on the Atlanta campus, the people in LA. I mean, it's, I don't think it's controversial to say, I don't think it's a big secret. They they don't like the Atlanta campus at all.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I, I mean, m- my presumption was that being close to headquarters might afford you a lot of exposure and opportunity. But, nope. Uh, but maybe that's <laughs> kind of irrelevant, which is going to, I guess, ne- negate the question of you know, does a move to the suburbs uh, present any problems <laughs> to you Not work-wise? To Not to me,
1: because uh, all of my work is basically remote from, um, like, like a few years ago, I, I did the rounds in LA and uh, introduced myself at a few conventions and made some contacts out there. So that's, that's mostly where my work comes from now. So it doesn't matter. I can do this work from anywhere, anywhere at all who it does affect is my husband because um, he needs to be in the studio uh, on set. And who knows when everything starts up, when that's going to be, but it's probably not going to be in the suburbs.
0: I guess I'm trying to understand. I mean, he would, he would be needing to travel for work quite a bit. I mean, when he, when he was up and going, right.
1: There's a lot of production Uh, there's there's um, live action production in Georgia is really healthy and strong. At, or at least it was before the, the virus. right? Uh, so there's, he he doesn't have to go. I think he's been out of state uh, like twice for really short shoots in the last two years. And everything else has just been kind of a long drive. That kind of sucks. But other than that, like most, most production is, is here.
0: Well, that's a good anchor then. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're able to be in a place where, um, nothing for his work is going to be more than a couple hours away, a few hours. Mm-hmm. That's solid.
1: Yeah. We're just waiting to hear if, if, and when that starts back. I, I just want to emphasize, we were extremely lucky that we were positioned to be this flexible. And I'm well aware that most people don't have this, this kind of flexibility. So yeah. it's basically I've just, I was already really tired <laughs> when this all started. Um, and, and I was looking forward to a bit of a rest and it's just like, well, I <laughs> keep going for who, who knows how much longer, um, but that's, that's all I have to complain about, I'm just tired. And with regards to my, my public uh, face that I put on, I feel like most of my live streams is 90% me saying how tired I am. So I don't know if uh, anyone's learning anything new about me. Just like, Joe, oh, she's so tired all the time. Why can't she sleep? It's like, somebody take the baby <laughs> and make her sleep and then I can sleep. The,
0: the number of times that I've gotten a notification that you were starting a stream, only to have it like cut short because of the baby or something is just, it's yeah. it says a lot about your life as a freelance animator and artist.
1: You know, and I also feel bad because I don't want to make it seem like having a baby is a real bummer because it isn't. It's wonderful. It's just, you can't make the baby conform to your needs. You have to, you know, be there for her. And the more I try to make her do what I want, the worse it is. <laughs> She's like she's not gonna sleep if she doesn't want if she doesn't want to sleep if she wants mama she needs mama. well
0: and I, I think I think your statement i mean early on your statement that you're trying to work yourself I don't remember how you phrased it work yourself out of a job or stop working so much uh, is really indicative of where your priorities are so i don't I don't think it comes off as <laughs> kids are a bummer even though you know a lot of times they are knowing that my kids are within earshot of me recording this right now.
1: I <laughs> know oh, it's hard. It's, I love my work. I, I, it's hard to express how much I love what I do. And I have s- just so many personal projects that I've been dying to get to for years. So it is a strong pull that I have to do my work. But having, having kids and knowing how fast they grow up and how, like, I don't want them... To be forced to not need me too early, that's my that's very clunky. But I I just know that they're not gonna want me around pretty soon, and I just want to I just want to be there in the beginning. You know, it's just it's really important to me to be there for my kids while they're this young, and while they still want me around, while they still want to use Mama as a jungle gym, it's. It's something climb climb
0: into bed and have you there when they do puzzles and
1: yeah, you know. they, 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 and my oldest one, she wants to draw with me and it's so sweet. And I, I, um, I love when the baby, she, she gets a book and she just crawls into my lack, my lap and just opens the book and she's like, book. And so we have to, we're reading a book now and it's just, it just, it just feels so good. And I can't, um, I can I mean, I love my work, but i I know that the the good stuff for the kids is is so good and it's not going to be there forever, and my work will be there forever. I know it's gonna be there waiting for me when when the kids don't want me anymore.
0: do they like? this is, might be a silly question but I'll, I'll clarify. Do, do they like your art because I, okay. I find that <laughs> I find that there's there's nobody that's going to give you a reality check on what you are best at than your immediate family in terms of being like unimpressed or children It's just it's par for the course.
1: children are fascinated by drawing. I've never met a child that wasn't. They just when you start drawing they're just their eyes just get big and they get quiet and they just want to watch. I've, I've, it's been my experience every single time. And my oldest, she likes to try and sneak in here. Um, and just say, can I watch you draw? And I let her for a little bit, but then she starts asking so many questions about who's this, who's that? Why are they doing this? Why'd you draw it that way? And it, it gets very Why is shaggy nasty.
0: holding a gun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, she didn't see that one,
0: yeah.
1: but, um, yeah, that's clear. I drew it, and I'm still not sure why Shaggy's holding a gun. It was a commission, but she's just so fascinated, and she knows how to butter me up. Like if she wants an extra few minutes of staying here, she'll say, "Mama, you're the best drawer in the world."
0: Ooh, they're so manipulative.
1: Oh, she knows. She uh. knows how <laughs> just exactly which button to push. <laughs> or if she says, like, "Mama, I just want to like we're um, we've been reading a lot of Greek mythology lately, and it's my one of my personal favorite." kind of stories. And so she knows that I will stay and talk for like an extra 20 minutes if she asks me anything in Greek mythology.
0: <laughs> uh, have they, I mean, have they joined you for any of your live streams that you've done or any any of the public stuff? Are they aware of that side of you? I,
1: I tried not to have them um, on the internet because Wise. it's, it's yeah. the internet. But she will, uh, my oldest will bust in from time to time and just stare at what I'm doing. And I have to explain to her that even though you can't see them there's lots of people here uh on 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 the computer and that is fascinating to her and i say like what what is it what can i help you with because you you can't stay here and usually she just says like oh i just wanted to you know get this pencil or something and she'll just sort of back out of the room slowly sort of craning her neck to see what i'm doing
0: <laughs> and then go to the mirror and say oh i messed that up <laughs> <laughs> So if you're, um, if the nature of your work has changed, um, n- knowing probably that you are contractually pre- prevented from being able to talk specifics, but what, what does that, what does that mean? Um, I mean, I was going to ask a lot about who you are as an artist, but that's probably different now than it was even a few months ago. Um, uh, I, don't, a b- a bit. I don't
1: think it's changed all that much. Um, I don't know, you can feel free to ask whatever question you want, that basically what's happened over the last few months is just I had to get real about my priorities, that I couldn't, um, I was spinning too many plates, and I just needed to make things a little less, how do I say this? I was going crazy, I was just trying to do too much, and getting pulled in a million different directions. I could feel my personality was changing. Like I was becoming a lot harsher, a lot um, meaner. I was becoming mean, and I just felt so much pressure from from every direction. Of um, I, I, and and like I was doing everything, but being really bad at doing everything. Yeah. And I I just said, okay, I need help. Uh, I need to just focus on getting just doing one thing well and sort of when you reorganize your life and make clear your priorities, uh, like, that I have – I mean, I'm still tired, but I feel a lot more at peace. And I know I'm talking uh, in a lot of vagaries, but it's basically – like, I can't be, um, like, a full-time mommy and a full-time worker at the same time. So I had to, these past few months, relinquish – a lot of mommy duties. And I like those mommy duties. I liked being, you know, being able to cook breakfast and dinner. And um, I liked being there all, all the times, but, you know, I couldn't do that and finish my work. Like I was staying up way too late at night. I, mean, I still stay up too late at night, but uh, just the not getting sleep, the sleep deprivation was just really getting to me. And I'm talking about this again why am I talking about this again he <laughs> didn't even ask me about this well, but, well um, I mean
0: it, it's, it's it's kind of, salient because it's yeah they're, they're so intertwined right now
1: yeah um, and it's basically I, I just want to say like we are figuring things out because you just got to be clear on what the priorities now and it's a da- it, this is a tense time and you know some things that aren't as important as others just have to fall away. And for me, that was a lot of personal projects. Uh,
0: Personal projects that weren't going to be tied to revenue streams. Yes. Stuff that was
1: just, you know, my own endeavors.
0: I mean, have you been able to be more selective about the work that you're doing?
1: Uh, I found a place where I fit, which doesn't sound like much, but for me, I'm Within an industry made of misfits, I am—I am a big misfit. I just never fit in. Um, but I found a place where they like my work and appreciate what I do, and they just keep feeding me stuff. And it's just—it's nice that they—they they pay really well, and and they're—they're they're kind, and they—they they like what I bring. And that's the, the, so I'm getting a lot of creative satisfaction from the paid work that I do right now.
0: And when you say, I mean, when you say you've found a place, I mean, what that, what I take that to mean practically is building a client relationship with them Mm -hmm. so that you understand what they're looking for and they could depend on you more. Do I have that right?
1: Um, It's not just that Uh, I've got a lot of client relationships. Um, And this one, this client is actually uh, one that I've had for a few years, but I love them so much um, that they're 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 just my number one client, and I just always want to do good by them. And uh, they just have the uh, a sensibility, an artistic sensibility that that aligns with mine, or I should say, my artistic sensibility aligns with with theirs. <laughs> um, uh, it's the more the more classic stuff. Like I don't I don't fit in. Like I'm too I'm too young to fit in with the old timers. The 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 masters, I, I haven't achieved their level of mastery in in the arts. But I'm too old to fit in with a young hip crowd, who have an entirely different set of sensibilities, and uh, they don't want me. So I found a place that is sort of um, sort of a balance of that, where they they appreciate the the same things that I appreciate, which is like classic cartoons and like good old fashioned dynamite anvils falling from the sky which is the stuff that I grew up on and it's just nice it's just nice it's nice to to have a place where also like they they, they don't send a note back and say this is too this is too animated this is too cartoony i hate getting a note back that it's too cartoony i'm like it's a cartoon <laughs> just it's it's supposed to be a cartoon but there's kind of a um, Within the industry, it's almost like being cartoony is a bad thing.
0: I guess I'm not sure what that means.
1: <laughs> it means that, is that there's is, too much I mean, squash and stretch. It means that there's too much um, uh, movement. It means that there's too much um, expression. It means that the acting is more than just raising the arm up and down. Um, you'll find that these notes come more from adult animation. And that's fine that they have... They have what they want, but it's it's really hard when you when you when you do your best, and you think you're 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 plusing the script and you're elevating uh, the jokes and making making new jokes and, and just and then it comes back and they're like we hate what you just did stop it <laughs> so it's nice to be in a place that that appreciates um, that appreciates what the way my brain works I guess.
0: I mean, I guess there, there's something to explore there in the sense that there's two types of creative contribution that you can make. One that's kind of directly in line with what you're being asked to do—you know, fall in line with, with the style and just just evoke the script. And then the second is is like you said, elevate the script, make it something else, add a glance to it that might be a subtle you know thing that people can pick up on that's not always welcome.
1: It's just it, it's simply about fitting in. It's just, I, 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 I consistently don't fit in with certain kinds of production and it, it wears on you. So finding a place that where you do fit in is all that more gratifying and yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. All I can say is I did my best, but it it, it wasn't what they wanted.
0: You talk in your how to make it an animation video about being versatile. Mm -hmm. And and even in that video, there's a lot of little snippets of different art styles and things. Um, It sounds like you've kind of honed in on the like nouveau Betty Boop style kind of that you like the warner brothers style that, that you really enjoy doing that mm-hmm. has maybe a freer hand with physics and mm-hmm. reality and all uh, and all that is, is that something that that gets refined over time and you learn what you like and what you're willing to work on or I'm, how I'm i guess what's you, what's been your, your experience on, with
1: that i am willing to work on anything and i'm i i think i am pretty versatile but it's just a matter of uh like i i have this thing where Um, I want to be hired for my brain. I want to be hired for what I specifically can bring to a production. I don't just want to be a cog who moves things according to some user manual. So I want to be, feel free to suggest my ideas, especially when the job is creative, you know, as every part of this production is, is creative and when they don't want that from you, when they just says like, look, it's just simple. Just pull this lever and be done with it. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard because it's sort of like your soul has to die a little bit. So it's not about style. It's about, I guess it's about just following orders. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You're using pretty strong terms.
1: (laughs) I don't know how, that's just how it feels. That's That's how it feels. It's like, no, you can't use that angle. It's it doesn't fall in line with the angles that we use, or just that expression is is too cute. She can't be cute, you know. Just stop it. And, and it's I don't know how else to say because you know everybody who works in animation, you have to be a little bit crazy because this is it's crazy work that we do. Yeah. And when you don't feed that, like it's so much of why we continue to do. this work is because it's, it's creatively satisfying. And when you take away that satisfaction and you're like, well, what am I doing? What exactly is, is my purpose here? And um, I know, and again, like it's still about, you know, just surviving and and being able to get a paycheck for doing something that you're skilled at. But it's also when it just becomes drudgery, it's, it feels so, so dumb because you're just like sitting in a dark room by yourself and, and just wondering the, about the meaning of life. It's like you have to find some sort of creative satisfaction in it. And when somebody doesn't want that from you, it's it's just, I don't know. It feels big. It feels big. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to use the terms that um, uh, that have it make sense and also could i just point out now that i'm not a gifted speaker so these words are just tumbling out of my mouth and i know they i know they sound crazy and i really apologize for that because i could sum all of this up like this however long i've been talking i could sum it up in like a one panel cartoon i swear to god <laughs>
0: I think that's a really important. Uh, <laughs> I think that's an in, an interesting thing to say. I'm. A, I I think what you're saying is real. And what I want out of this conversation is, kind of a raw and unfiltered take. Um, I oh, think what yeah. you're saying is good. Also, I'm catching you at the end of a Friday, uh, so you know it's even more unfiltered.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry because I don't. I I don't like sounding this dour. I feel like I'm such a bummer. I I'm really happy. I really am. It's just that I've had a lot on my mind lately and it just tumbles, tumbles out of my brain in this sort of unhappy way. You, and, you
0: are representing where we all are mentally at this point. I, I guess think. so. Yeah. Where, um, What is your ideal as far as the gradient of create, creative animation employment goes? You have, to my understanding, always been kind of a Swiss army knife, a versatile freelance mm-hmm. talent that can work on lots of different projects. But what is, what's a successful project to you? Is it one that you have full creative control over? Do you want to direct or create a cartoon and get that oh, credit?
1: That would be fantastic, but that's not going to happen unless I do it myself. Uh, I just consider it a success if somebody likes what I do and pays me for it. It's just as simple as that.
0: But But the note about... You know, that that being a goal, that doesn't it doesn't sound like that's a tangible goal of yours because of what it would take to
1: Well all of my my goals, um, like specific goals are they're all personal. As Hmm. I I don't really have a chance to make make a name for myself in this industry. I I really don't. Because it requires um like first it would require that I move to LA and that's just not gonna happen. (laughs) And Second, it would require that I know uh, all the right people and that I have my finger on the pulse of something, um, some trend. And I'm just, I'm not trendy. I'm not good at glad-handing and making connections. Uh, the best I can hope for, really. And so this is this is also very revealing of how naive I am. I, I got into this game thinking that I, I could be like the animation version of Lana Turner uh, sipping a soda at Schwab's pharmacy and somebody like in a, with a big cigar and a pinstripe soup says like, ah, give me that girl, I'll give her a contract and make her a star, you know? And just like, you get to see that the way that girl draws in her sketchbook, ah, give her a show, give her a feature. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I thought that's the only way it could happen. And, you know, it's not likely that, that, ever happened to Lana Turner, I guess that story is pretty apocryphal. But it's pretty 100% certain that it's not going to happen to me. Unless I make something so fantastic that it takes over the internet and it gets the attention of all these all these major studios and they just throw money at my face and say just keep doing what you're doing and we'll pay for it. And that that doesn't happen to many people. And even when it does, it, it doesn't always turn out to be um, a, a thing that lasts, something that um, turns into a long-term career. So my, my dreams don't lie with big studios anymore. My dream just is about getting through my list of ideas and just making things the way I want to do them and putting them out there and hoping that other people enjoy them.
0: Do you get a lot of satisfaction about how you present? publicly when you're working on shaggy with a gun or you know live streaming some commission i mean that, that that's a form of reaching an audience that is not fraught with corporate sort of notes and dependent on uh, being in the studio execs good graces and and those yeah. sorts of things that's completely under your control that's yeah. not, that seems intentional
1: yeah, I love it. I love being able to talk, especially having a little bit of company while I draw and getting some instant feedback from people. And the lovely things, like the Shaggy with the Gun thing was a commission um, from this awesome, awesome person who, want, who just has this story in his head uh, about um, putting the Scooby-Doo characters in the world of Blade Runner. So he's been having me systematically go through... The certain points in the movie and replacing the Blade Runner characters with the Scooby-Doo characters. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just drawing <laughs> and just like, is this what you want? Is this good? And it like, Oh, fantastic. Next one. And it's, it's just kind of a lot of fun. And most people, I, I don't think, and this is how I know that I haven't really made it on the internet. It's because everyone that I interact with on the internet is really nice. And I know that the, the moment that, <laughs> I start getting trolls and hate. I was like, "Ah, oh, I've made the big time, yeah!" So for now, I I enjoy it a whole a whole lot because everyone is really nice and just wants to draw and talk about cartoons and and be nice to each other. So yeah, I really like it.
0: That sounds so idyllic.
1: It is. It's nice. I miss. I haven't streamed in over two weeks. And I'm feeling that itch. I really want to get back into it. And, I uh, look
0: forward to seeing a stream happen tonight.
1: <laughs> I, I might very well. And I want to do a total request live again, but they take a lot out of me and um they take a lot of time. Like it's like sitting and drawing um like with intensity uh trying to do as as fast a drawing as I possibly can and and just wondering, oh how how crappy of a drawing is the requester willing to accept? <laughs> uh, I got to make this a little bit better because this does not look like Sonic. And um I don't think I'll have the time to do that in the foreseeable future, but I am—I'm still working on one personal project. You know, I just went off and on for forty-five minutes about how I had to drop all these personal projects, but there's one that I'm—I've been halfway done with for months, and it's driving me nuts, and I just want to finish it. So when I stream, I will probably be working on this this project. Well, so,
0: and it- and do you, do you plan on that uh, seeing the light of day? I mean, the light of. Anything more than, than just a personal project that you stream? Is it
1: going to become something else? Uh, it'll just be finished, and I'll put it on the internet in its final form. Actually, it'll be on um, my collaborator's channel, Zoran. He wrote the script for it, and it was really hilarious. And I was like, I've got to do this. So I'm doing uh, not, a, not a full cartoon. It's basically just uh, an animatic, but it still takes a bit of time. Uh, So it'll be on his channel, but it will be out there and I will be done and it won't have to take up that space in my brain anymore. I've got such limited brain space. It's it's amazing. The things I forget because my brain is full of such inconsequential things.
0: How do you experience people coming across you and your work? And I say that as someone who I I was introduced to you and your work by Kelly Light, who I talked to last year. I love you, Kelly. Uh, She's amazing. And, um, and I, I looked at you and your body of work, and you've got 60,000 YouTube subscribers and you know, 10,000 people on Twitter, and you do these live streams with hundreds of people.
1: Um, oh, no, it's uh, not that big. It's not that big.
0: You have um, numbers of people that are joining your I have <laughs> your dozens <voice>. of people. <laughs> well, so I, I, how do you anticipate that people will come across your work? as a like a new fan, do you curate how people will sort of like experience your work in that way? I have I mean, no I, control. I know you probably don't have people. a lot
1: of. Yeah. I have no yeah. control over how people will um, find me. Uh, I assume that most of them find me because of a cartoon I did a few years ago, Monkey Rag. But I've been surprised at um, other avenues that people have uh, gone down to, to find me. Uh, a, a lot of them, um, found me through my how to make it an animation video, which was basically just a live action FAQ of just, uh, just, I just kept getting the same questions over and over and over and over. I was like, I'm just gonna make a video. So every, it's great. Cause now anytime somebody emails me, I'm like, I made a v- video about all of your questions, boop link. Uh, so stuff like that. It's, it's fun for me to see how people, you know, end up finding me a, a lot, a lot of them find me through just, um, Like commercials that I did ages ago, and they say things like, "Oh, you animated my childhood," and it makes me feel really old. But it's still nice.
0: (laughs) Those people are kids. We're not that old. I
1: know. They say, "Oh, I remember this when I was a kid," and they're like (laughs) twelve. Who
0: who did you owe it to to make that big long video a couple years ago? Uh, I mean, where where did you kind of do it? um, Just because you had amassed so many questions about your career and making it work and being commercially viable, that you you felt to head it off. It was kind of a not a public service, but a personal service.
1: Kind of, it's just it's making a a video like that. uh, Making a video like that is a way for me to organize my own thoughts because part. Of the having this similar questions lobbed at me uh, often, and it's not like I'm you know dying under an avalanche of questions. It's just you know like a couple times a month the student will reach out, and I just found myself repeating the same things and and rereading what I wrote and copying and pasting. I'm like well I don't I didn't mean I didn't say that properly. It was like blah, blah, blah. and it just frustrated me that I couldn't I didn't feel like I was communicating things well enough or properly, and so. It would. It was uh, an exercise in being efficient and also creating some clarity of thought and and trying to communicate things simply and effectively and hopefully entertainingly as well. So that uh, entertainment factor seems to be very important these days if you want people to pay attention.
0: <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. it, in. Uh, the first part of our conversation will certainly be entertaining to the parents that are listening as we well, do our I therapy session.
1: I, I wouldn't mind if you just like, deleted all of that. Oh
0: No, I got to keep some of it. No,
1: or at least keep my pleas for you to delete all of it. Cause it's too dour and grim. <laughs> I'll just, put it
0: out into the world and, uh, and say, despite her best efforts to, <laughs> to kill this interview. <laughs>
1: and I, I wasn't trying to kill the interview. I just like, I, it is family children. They're wonderful. And the things that you do to, to better serve them, they're not sacrifices. They're good things. So even though it sounds like I'm complaining, I I'm not, I'm just talking about the things that we've had to do.
0: It didn't sound like that to me. Um, not at all. I have the same considerations and I think it's, um, it's valuable for how isolated we've been to hear those here we are drifting again. I know, I know. <laughs> into <it. laughs> drifting Sorry. into the sea of um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: when this is all s- settled, and we enter whatever the world looks like um, after this. What do you hope for for oh. yourself and the family and your husband? And
1: I hope that we know all of our neighbors and have block parties and barbecues, and that I talk to people and and dust off all of my old friendships. There's, just family and and relationships are so important. And being isolated is like a poison. It just infects your soul and turns you bitter and hard and angry. We need other people and we need, we need laughter and we need joyfulness. And oh gosh, I don't know. We just need each other.
0: Again, it's interesting that, th- that that answer had nothing to do with your work, it had everything to do with your ability to connect with people and get <laughs> back out into the world.
1: It has a little bit to do with my work because that's also what I want my cartoons to do. I want my cartoons to be joyful and uh, make people smile and, and laugh. And, and I I wanted to do a series of cartoons about being a mom that were you know a bit tongue-in-cheek, but... Also at the end of the day, just showing how beautiful a thing it is. And I just I just want to put some joy in and life and, and just like just like say like life is hard, but it's worth living. For all of these moments, for, for all the joy that we can discover, for all of the happiness we can create. It is it is so worth it.
0: What a sentiment. I think that that's a really good sentiment to wrap on. Um, I hope for the best for you all in your move. And I hope that you find a balance in your work and personal life and are able to pursue the projects and get get things out of your brain and, and done in a satisfying way.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you for following up I know it's been a a long time coming to to plan this this little chat, which was so lovely, and I really appreciate it.
0: Episode 23 of You May Contribute a Verse has come to an animated end. I cannot begin to express what a joy it was to connect with Joanna, and I hope you found kinship in it as well. Discover Joe's enchanting work and follow her on social media at Joe the Z. That's J O T H E Z E T T E. Or by searching YouTube for Joanna Davidovich. You're gonna to have to look up her name in the episode description for spelling. Joe's site is cupojo.net. Where things are all nicely organized and there's even more to peruse. As for me, You May Contribute a Verse is a homespun production produced, edited, recorded, conceptualized, and marketed by me, Josh Munkin, from the darkness and comfort of my basement. And the show got a website. Hit me up at verse.show or find the show on Twitter and Facebook as at verse show. That's V E R S E S H O W. Find me on everything as Josh Munkwords, all one word. The artwork for you make a tribute is an amazing picture commission for the podcast from a very talented artist, Charlie Munkin, age six. Love you, Charlie. The show's music is provided graciously by Robbie Zarr via tracks from his album A Tragic But Happy Horse. Engage with his music and musings at partist.com. That's P-A-R-T-I-S T.com. If you would be so kind, however you're listening to this, let me know if you do via rating, which is nice, or just a quick message. It means a lot. And remember the answer that you are here, that life exists and identity, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse.